Man, there are only four teams left in the NFL playoffs. And you need to bet on them. You got to do it with DraftKings, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 56 right here in Los Angeles. Counting down, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code SHAB, S-C-H-A-U-B, and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code SHAB, S-C-H-A-U-B, for just 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook official sports betting partner of the nfl must be 21 or older new jersey indiana pennsylvania only new customers only minimum five dollar deposit one dollar wager required right through the city like brennan shop i'm on a mission to get it all right through the city like brennan shop if you ain't thick please don't get involved and now brendan thick boy shop What's up, thickies, thickers, thickest, thickums? What is happening? It is 10 a.m. on a beautiful Monday morning after a fresh-ass Calabasas fight companion. We had a great time, man. It was, uh, uh, you know, I don't, I don't shit on the UFC, UFC 270, but I'd say it's more entertaining than the fight card, let's be honest. Um, yeah, those are always fun to do. Hopefully you guys tuned in. If you didn't, you can watch it right now on Thick Boy YouTube or any uh, platform where you listen to podcasts, Spotify, iTunes. I don't know any others, but you know what I'm saying. You can watch it on those if you want. Uh, go check it out, man. It was a great time. Uh, Far Right Chris makes an appearance, and it was absolutely hilarious. Um, before we get into a few housekeeping notes, I am in Atlanta um, we just booked Atlanta. The punchline in Atlanta is February 3rd through the 5th. That's coming up, man. That is coming up. That is February 3rd through the 5th. This uh, Wednesday, there are 15 tickets left for Shab and Friends, Hollywood uh, Improv, Los Angeles, California, January 26th. That's this freaking Wednesday, kids. This Wednesday will be Shab and Friends, uh, some very special guests, hell of a lineup. Then uh, that is Wednesday, one show only at 8 p.m. in Los Angeles, California, Hollywood Improv. After that, should it be next week is February 3rd through the 5th, Atlanta, Georgia. I haven't been in Georgia in about, or Atlanta in about four years on tour. And then uh, also, kind of fairly newly announced, Sacramento, California. Again, Punchline Sacramento, California is February 24th through the 26th. So get your tickets at thickboy.com or fatkz.com. Uh, there are other housekeeping notes. If you want to listen to anything I do, food truck, Calabas fight companions, classic companions, um, fighting kid, the shop show, bonus content, uh, go to Supercast, man. You go to thick thickboy.supercast.com right now, and uh, you get everything I do, plus bonus shows, bonus content, ad freaking free ad free man and uh for all the new supercast subscribers to watch our videos ad free just click on the link in the details box of the audio from there you'll be able to access the video straight uh through your supercast dashboard super easy all right but that is uh thickboy.supercast.com for ad free and bonus shows bonus content 
Uh, get you some, man. Get you some. But uh, let's just jump right into it because we're coming off a juicy, juicy, drama-filled, big-ass pay-per-view that featured Francis Ngannou and Cyril Gan. You know, I uh, this isn't one of those things where I come in Monday morning and go, told you so, told you France was going to beat him. Because I, I don't think anybody thought Francis was going to out-grapple him, grapple him and uh, use his wrestling um you know in the fourth and especially in the fifth round to win this fight i sure as hell didn't think that i thought he was going to win and i told you guys why you should be rooting for francis to win and what he represents i think that to even double down on that dana not giving francis the belt and not attending the press conference afterwards shows you even more why you should be rooting for francis and this isn't a you know, me versus Dana thing or anti UFC. No one's more pro UFC. I, if you cut my wrist, UFC leaks out of it. I ride and die with the UFC. This isn't that. This is just, you know, it's a rare occasion when a guy in Francis Ngano, who's the face of the heavyweight division, one of the best knockout artists of all time, if not the best, um, for really the first time, decide to bank on himself and say, no, I'm not going to resign. I'm going to test free agency because I want that Tyson Fury fight to make fuck you money. And I'm going to bank on myself. And I promise you now, nobody in that UFC uh, staffing today was banking on Francis win that fight and was hoping they'd win that fight. Um, because I don't want to announce it on here, but I'm pretty close with the Francis camp. And I, uh, you know, he completely tore his MCL, complete tear of his MCL. So when he has the knee braces on and you're seeing like, man, why isn't Francis throwing more punches? I'm sure a lot of you are asking, why isn't he doing this? Why didn't he do this? I'm not going to out the guy and it gets back to his opponent in the UFC that he, you know, blew his freaking MCL out. But try throwing a punch uh, when, when, when your knee's all messed up. You're talking a complete tear of the MCL. His ACL's in danger as well. Um so going to that fight, imagine being Francis Ngannou and his team. And granted, his team, uh, again, very close to the source, told me that they didn't even want him to fight. They wanted him to postpone the fight. But, you know, the way these knee surgeries work these days, if he was going to have a complete reconstructive knee, because you're talking about MCL, ACL damage, you know, PCL, you, it, it's messed up in there, man. Messed up to the point where he can't throw a punch, which is why he didn't land any punches on Saturday night, but still won the fight, you should be impressed. But if he does have to have reconstructive knee surgery, not just, you know, a fix, uh, a slight fix of MCL or, you know, a cadaver uh, uh, ligament in the, in the MCL, a complete reconstruction of the knee, he's out an entire year. So he just didn't feel like he could do that and uh, skip this fight and be out an entire year. And then I think the Tyson Fury, all, all the hype goes away if you're out, out of sight, out of mind. So he wasn't going to do that. So this monster, this badass with all the pressure of not resigning the UFC, of fighting a complete monster in Cyril Gunn who knows what you're good at, to have the chip stack completely against you, this dude with a blown out MCL fought the second scariest guy in the heavyweight division and beat him and beat him. Nothing was wrong with Cyril Gunn. He got the best version of Cyril. Cyril just didn't. You know, I thought his movement was good early on, but Cyril, he knows the power. And I don't think Cyril was aware that Francis, 
uh, was so goddamn strong with these takedowns. Now on the ground, is it going to blow your hair back watching these two grapple? Nope. Um, if you had a preconceived notion that the somebody was going to get knocked out early on or this is going to be a slugfest, you probably were disappointed in the main event. But uh, again, and I offered to, you know, put my friend's penises in my mouth if this went to a decision, and I really regret that. But um, I think, you know, if you had those preconceived notions that you're looking for a knockout or slugfest, which you should if you didn't know going into it what exactly was, hap- was going on with Francis, you might have been disappointed. But I think for me, knowing uh, about his MCL, you know, I, it, it's, think about that, man. Your, the, your entire livelihood, your entire career is banking on beating Cyril this monster who we've never really seen a heavyweight move like him. He knows you. Your entire career, your everything. You've re-signed with the UFC, Tyson Fury. Basically, the rest of your life is going to be predicated on not only beating Cyril which is tough to do on two good knees, but one of them is going to be compromised. Not only is it compromised, your MCL is blown out. If you've ever had a knee injury, dude, to throw a punch, especially at the power and the torque and the force that Francis throws his punches at, you need your knee. He doesn't have a knee, man. And he was still, st- this is what should be impressive. Forget about the knockouts. It wasn't a slugfest. Francis went into that fight, self-mentally strongest fucking guys, went into that fight on one leg and beat a healthy 100% Cyril gone on one leg with all that pressure. So the criticism of the fight is born. What Take all that out. Think about going into the biggest day of your life and you have one leg to do it. And you beat Cyril gone. The guy who has the best footwork, fundamentally probably the best hands, kicks, everything in the UFC. And you did it on one freaking leg. And you don't respect that? Get the fuck out of here. That's insane. The mental capacity, get it done to believe in yourself, for your team to believe in yourself. Even when your team's saying, uh, I think we should postpone this. He goes, nope, it's too much riding up. I got to figure out a way to get it done. And it's not like he's some grappling wizard or jujitsu or wrestling you know, expert. Not far from it. He saw it on the ground. His position was decent. You know, Positioning, he's heavy on top. Uh, Cyril gone going for the leg locks, you know, for those jujitsu, uh, heads out there, you would look at it like I did, you know, Cyril gone on the ground, you know, his framing, his hands wasn't great. You know, you're, you're watching blue purple belt shit, not at a high level. And we don't want to see that, but again, take all that criticism out of it because you want to knock out, take all that out of it. Francis with all that pressure still found a way to get it done. Not only did he did it did he get it done? He got it done in something that he's not good at. He's not a good grappler. Never been known for his cardio. Ever. He's a knockout artist. He gets the most he spent in the fucking octagon the past four years, like two minutes. He went 25 minutes of grappling, figured out how not to get hit, barely ever got hit, didn't land anything, but got him down and got the fucking win, man. And here's a little side note for you. So I'm sure a lot of you were like, oh, I bet Tyson Fury's watching this and he doesn't want any part of it. Eh. From my sources, which are very close to this situation, Tyson Fury contacted him and he couldn't be more into it. This made him more excited to fight Francis. Congratulations, Francis. But if you want to make some real money, come see the 
Gypsy King. Yes. And his team has been in communication with Francis's team. And let me tell you something, man. If you thought by Fury seeing that, you know, Francis is grappling and he didn't look great, and you thought, oh, man, that Fury fight's out of here. Uh-uh. It freaking put a rocket pack on this fucking thing, and now we're even closer to getting that fight. And again, if you're a fight fan, you don't have to be anti-UFC, anti-Dana White, but if you're a fight fan, you want Francis to get that Tyson Fury fight. You want him to change the game. You want him to learn and see what Jake Paul's doing to get $40 million in a single year. And you want a guy, Francis, who's worked his entire life for this to be able to go and do something like that. That's exactly what we want. That's exactly what we're getting. And you have to celebrate that. Whether, you're in, whether, you're, whether you grew up with Cyril Ghosn in fucking middle school or not, I don't give a fuck. For the game, you need Francis to carry on with the path that he has taken. And his agent, Markel, is getting a ton of shit. People, you're the reason that's here. He's the only guy with the hindsight and the vision and the balls to risk all this and get all this backlash from the MMA media and Dana White and the UFC brass and all that stuff and still double down and believe so much in his client, Francis, that they're still continuing to do this with a blown out MCL. When you entrepreneurs out there, you know how risky it is when you bet on yourself. Think about betting on a guy in the fight business with a blown out fucking knee against Cyril Gone. What? How does that not get you on board the Francis Ngano train? It should. It's amazing, man. And then, ah, cheers. And then, it's too early for that, but whatever. I'm hyped up about Francis. And then, think about this. So you bank on yourself, right? You beat a healthy Cyril Gone. You probably should have won that fight. In the odds uh, maker's eyes, especially on, you know what the odds would have been if it was released, he went in that fight with the MCL. He's a plus 600, plus 500. It's, it's insane. So imagine the odds he's beating. But then you've accomplished that, right? And then the guy who pays your bills doesn't even have the dignity to come into the octagon and give you your world championship belt. Not only did he not do that, which we haven't seen in a very long time. Not only did he not do that, he doesn't attend the press conference. I, I have no ill will towards Dana. I just think when it comes to this stuff, whether, Dana, whether Francis leaves, whether Izzy were to leave or Connor to, were to leave or name anybody you want, you know, if, if they're to leave, you're sti you still won Dana. If if I'm his right if I'm his right hand man I'm his assistant and we're sitting uh, cage side next to each other and you know Francis won and if Dana would be like fuck it I'm I'm not going out there man I'm not doing this but I go hey can I talk to you real quick come here dude you're worth you're worth four hundred million dollars yeah you've won you've won yeah and by you doing this it's it's not helping anybody it's kind of a bitch move so could you just get in there you've still won dude you've won. So after this, remember, we're still going to jump on your private jet and head to whatever fucking state you want because you have a house all over. We're, we've, we still want. I wouldn't do this. It's a bad look. I don't know how anybody in his camp doesn't tell him, don't be a sore loser, man. Don't be. Also, you didn't lose, really. You didn't lose. This is a guy that if he could make that money 
that he's going for against Tyson Fury in the UFC, he wouldn't go anywhere. The reason he is because maybe you think, and you know money, Dana, maybe you think you're paying him well, but you're not. We've seen the pay, the payouts there. What, he makes 600 grand? That's your, your heavyweight chance making 600 grand? And he's fighting once every fucking three years or whatever it is? Once a year? It's tough, man. It's tough. So I just wish Dana handled it a little different. And, and I thought maybe, the, and it's one of the reasons we love and hate Dana, because he does act like this, but I think when it comes to Francis, he's on he's not doing anything that you wouldn't have done when you were coming up, man. You know, you're talking about a guy who's banking on himself. You banked on yourself and that's why the UFC is where it's at. And everyone celebrates you for that. You've won, man. You did great. There's no reason to shit on a guy or, you know, have a negative opinion on the guy because he wants to negotiate or bank on himself for more money down the road. I, 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 for the life of me, I can't understand it. I just can't. It's not a, it's not a, Winner's mentality. I know Dana has more money than me and more successful than me. I just don't think that is a winner's mentality. I don't think successful people should think like that. And now maybe he has so much money in the bank, he doesn't give a fuck. And, but it's not like if Francis to leave or whatever he's going to do hurts your business model. Your business model is predicated on fulfilling fights for ESPN. You're good. You're still going to have a record-breaking year whether Francis is there or not. Why not be? I, I've never understood it. I've never understood it. From the matchmakers and Joe Silva to Dana White. Uh, I know Mainyard's a good guy. Just all of them. I, I just, I've never understood it why it can't be cool to these guys. And because you guys know more so than anybody what these guys are risking and their careers and their health is on the line and they have families. And it's just, I never understood it. How you don't, you should worship these guys, man. You should be bowing down to these guys. You should be open to Francis uh, in the negotiations, if he goes, hey, I want to fight Fury, how much bigger would it be if you guys were involved? Because nobody's better at marketing promotion than Dana White in the UFC. How much more money could we all make if you guys were cool and you paid me somewhat of a great salary that I'm asking for to fight in mixed martial arts, but then also you let me bounce over and fight Tyson Fury and co-promote it? You've done it before. Why not? Why not do it with Francis? Why be mean to Francis? I don't get it. I don't get it. Francis isn't difficult. Um, I think, you know, his team and, and Markel and CA, you know, I think they, they are, you know, pushing back a little bit. That's why he hires those guys. Francis didn't hire those guys. He didn't hire WME, who, in WME Endeavor, who owns the UFC, because if he did that, it'd be a conflict of interest, right? So if your heavyweight champ wants to bounce and go somewhere else, you're represented by the same company that owns the organization you fight in conflict of interest, right? Cause if they own the UFC, they're not going to want you to bounce over here and bring down the stock of the organization that they paid all this money to. Right? So it's a conflict of interest. So why any UFC fighters with WME who owns the UFC, it, it makes no sense. There couldn't be a bigger conflict of interest. Like no NFL player is with the same agent that owns all of it, or no NFL players with the same agent of their head coach or Roger Goodell. It makes no sense. They're going to move in a different way that benefits their bottom dollar. So I think for Francis, one of the reasons he gets all the shit, and again, it's not all Francis, his team's saying, hey, man, you want this fuck you money? These are the moves we're going to have to make. It's going to get dicey. 
trust in the process, believe, stay off social media, just win, baby. That's what they're doing. If you can't ride with that, you ain't shit. But I just, I don't get, I don't get if you're Dana, why you don't go to the press conference, why you don't put the belt around them. Like, why make more of this a story? Because by you doing that, to me, shows that Francis is winning. Because if it didn't hurt, you wouldn't be doing this stuff. Never heard of that. Never heard of that. I don't get it. We'll never understand it. But if you're a Francis fan, man, uh, you should be happy that on one leg he beat a monster in Cyril Gunn. I know, not the knockout we wanted, not the highlight that we wanted. It didn't break ESPN Sports Center top 10. I get all that. But just from the standpoint of you knowing what he was facing going to this, and I told you, this fight is so much bigger than just Francis being the heavyweight champion of the world in the UFC. This is so much bigger. What he's doing is going to set the path for other outliers like himself to go on and make fuck you money. And this is what we want for these guys. Because what they have at the end of the day, once their career is over, most of them don't have shit. So that what Francis is doing is going to change the game forever and it is stressing the UFC brass out. And that's what we want. That means it's working. That means it's working. I find it interesting. I, I got a hold of Francis's contract. I, it, in this day and age, man, I find it so interesting, you know, because in his champion, uh, champion clause, you know, if you don't fight so that you have to do three fights or, or a year, a calendar year. So let's say Francis doesn't renegotiate, which he's probably not, but I'd bet a lot of money he doesn't resign with the UFC, um, especially after the way Dana's act these past few days. But um, so he won't be able to work for a calendar year. That's in the contract. He won't be able to work for a calendar year. Dude, is it? Is it 1964? What? Hold up. Because I fought the championship fight and now I can't work for a year? In what world, in, in 2022, what world can a guy where he served his contract and then he can't work for a year? Imagine any other job, any other job, any other, even professional athlete job. What other job, when you fulfill your contract and you haven't resigned, you can't work for a year? Now, there's, there's no compete clauses. I get that. So... You know, if, if uh, let's say Casey or Chin, Chin's my uh, sound engineer expert, he has a no compete clause where he couldn't go, let's say Chin decided not to resign tomorrow for another, whatever, six year contract, whether he's going to offer these guys. He can't go to my direct competitor for a certain amount of time. There's a non compete. But he can still make money. He could go work, you know, like he just couldn't go work for Chael Sonnen. He couldn't work for Errol Hawani. He couldn't work, who you know, uh, Dan Hardy, Luke Thomas. He couldn't go do that. But he could do go work with somebody else and make money. I can't prevent Chin from making money. Okay, slavery's over, right? It doesn't exist anymore. How these lawyers aren't eating this fucking up, which I'm sure they are, but how you're not going to allow a guy to work for a year is insane, man. I, I just, so, so put all that on the back burner. That, that's what he's dealing with. Can't work to the end of 2022. Really, January 1st, 2023, he could figure things out with Tyson Fury, which Tyson Fury's foaming at the dick 
to fight Francis Ngannou, which is great for all of us. It'd be so entertaining, right? Here's the other caveat, though. With his knee, like I mentioned before, blown, blown out MCL, uh, they don't know if it's a tear or strain of the ACL. All the ligaments are messed up in there. If he has to have reconstructive surgery, he's out a year anyways. Oh, whoops. That works for everybody, doesn't it? He can't work anyways. So that kind of works to his benefit. It's like the stars are aligning for Mr. Francis Ngannou. Because let's say the UFC is right. You're done. You can fight you know, Fury in March. You can't do it. Oh, you can fight Fury in July. You can't do it. So it kind of works out for him. It's really, really worked out for him. So now he can focus on his rehab. Uh, even if he doesn't get the reconstructive knee surgery, let's say he just uh, has the MCL repaired, you're still out six months. Um, then you're looking at the buildup of the fight, the pre-fight promotions. You're still looking at 2023. It works perfect. And then you can also, if it's six months, just focus on boxing and then the buildup to it. It works perfect time-wise. Sounds like it's going to happen, kids. But uh, again, if you're just a fight fan in general, you should be so proud of Francis Ngannou and how he represented himself, how he stuck to his bottom line when all the odds were against him. And with all that, he did it on one fucking leg and beat Cyril Gaon. How is that not an inspirational story to you? You don't think Hollywood's offering movie scripts about this? They are. This adds to the story. Adds to the story, man. It's fantastic. But yeah, the fight, you know, the fight, I'll, I'll give it to you. The fight wasn't the most entertaining fight, um, especially if you had preconceived notions going into it or you had an expectation, but he got it done. And that's all that matters. At the end of the day, he got it done and wins a win. Um, so we know what's next for Francis, most likely. For Cyril, Cyril Gaon, I think his issue, if you're looking at, at this uh from the outside looking in if you're his manager i i think the ufc wanted cyril to clearly beat francis didn't end up happening but cyril's not the most exciting heavyweight you know he looks like uh, a superhero but you know with the way he fights he's very technical he's very high iq you know on the feet on the ground when he went for that you know ankle lock that was very strange and completely uh lost the round because of it uh, not the highest IQ move there, but when it comes to stand up and avoiding getting hit and his footwork, he's, he, he might be the best we have to offer at heavyweight, but I just don't know if you want that type of fighting style, your champ. So I would imagine for Cyril Gunn, what they do for him, I think you're going to see like a, a Curtis blades next. I do. And that would be a nightmare for Cyril Gunn, an absolute nightmare. I think you're going to see uh, a, a little bit of a Curtis blades matchup there which is a very, very fucking tough stylistic matchup for Cyril Gaon. I, I, you know, I don't think they're, uh, I, I think you're going to get a steep A John Jones for the, uh, for the interim belt. Cause, uh, there's no way they don't do an interim belt with Francis leaving, or maybe it's just for the belt. Cause France is going to have to vacate the belt depend on their negotiations. And you're going to get a John Jones, uh, steep a for the heavyweight world title. I bet you get, I would be willing to bet a good amount of money that that's what you get uh, in 2022. Your next major, major heavyweight fight is Stipe versus John Jones. And I, I, and I, I know John tweeted out something like, maybe I should just stay re retired after watching that fight. I get that. I thought the same thing too when I saw him. Like, Oof, I don't know if either of these guys beat John. But remember, caveat there, Francis had one leg. 
So at Johnny Bones put, if this is the apex of heavyweight fight, I'm excited about it. Got some more records to break. I agree. If you're John, you're looking at it like, God, eat these guys up. He goes, I love how everyone gets so impressed with the new guy. You should be impressed with Cyril Gunn. John, it's not even that he's, you know, he's undefeated, but it was his movement, the way he moves. Like he's going to be a tough matchup for anybody, including yourself, buddy. Hello, uh, shit, I much just enjoy retirement. Uh, he won't. If anything, this put more wind in John's sails to go, oh, I can definitely beat these guys. I'm with you. I thought the same thing I was watching. I thought, oof, Cyril Gunn's this type of way with francis who's a powerhouse with his takedown so you know there's no knock on but he did on one leg but if this is what he's like on the ground he has some issues with john you know some issues with john, and he's not a knockout artist but i don't think cyril gone gets to john jones i think john jones is gonna have to focus on stipe which is a tougher fight for him um maybe and you know i i don't think he's have to worry about francis which I, which I do think would be the worst fight matchup for him stylistically He's going to have to worry about uh, Steve Bay and Curtis Blades. Maybe Cyril gone down the road. But I think for now his focus is going to be on Steve Bay. But I would be willing to bet a lot of money with Francis leaving. The UFC is going to be willing to play ball with John. And John's going to become the face of the heavyweight division. Uh, but you're getting John versus, versus Steve Bay. Now, if Steve Bay wins, John just goes away. And you got John there. You know, you got Steve Bay there. But it's fun. It's a good time to be a fight fan, man. A lot of drama drama um co-main event was fun i thought listen there's nobody nicer on the ufc roster than brand moreno i thought he lost a little bit of his edge he, he didn't seem like the hungry young tijuana dog that uh came in the last fight with a chip on his shoulder he seemed happy fat happy and um he had his moments in the fight, and he definitely won some rounds. 48-47, I'm fine with that. He could even gave it to Moreno a little bit. I could have seen. I don't think anybody got robbed there. Figueroa's your champ. Um, I don't think they do a match, uh, rematch next as much as I'd love to see. I, there's only flyweights I want to see fight. I do, bet, I do believe that they will each fight one more and then come back so you can get a fourth one, but not right away. There's argument that Bram Moreno, because Figueroa lost his – belt and they gave him a direct rematch even though moreno didn't want it he said that on food truck um so why wouldn't you do that for bram moreno i don't think they will i think they'll both take a fight and then fight each other um but i just thought moreno just wasn't doing like i thought even though he only lost 48 47 the scorecards i just think he had a little bit of an off night i think maybe the success might have got to him a tad and i'd be willing to bet he beats the shit out figurato the next fight He's going to learn. He's going to beat him. I thought Figueredo put his best foot forward and got it done slightly, and Moreno was off, and that's why he lost. Uh, but I think if these boys fight, you know, 10 times, 8 out of the 10, Moreno wins. It was just, you know, an off night. Chalk it up, success, finally made it. Is You know, once you win the belt, the the come down there. So um, I, would, I wouldn't want to be the next guy who fights Brand Moreno. I just wouldn't. He's going to be your champ. He beats Figueroa eight times out of ten, but did not have it was not his night. The 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 success maybe got to his head a little bit. Maybe didn't do as much as he usually does. Maybe didn't hit that extra round. Maybe didn't hit the extra sprint. Or maybe just his demeanor in there. Now that he's champ. He's just now that he's been to the top of the mountain. You know, once you get there, you're never gonna see that view again. That view's always gonna be the same. So um I think he made a had that champion come down almost, as they call it, that champion depression where you think that once you get the belt, all your worries and concerns are answered, and they are not. 
you feel exactly the same, but you have a belt around your waist and everybody's gutting for you. And he didn't do something that, you know, and maybe he did in camp, but maybe the night of the fight, it just, it just didn't seem like the normal chomping at the bit, Bram Moreno, that we know and love. And uh, he'll learn from it. I'm not worried about him. He'll learn from it. He'll be your champ for a very long time, but uh, this was a learning lesson for him. So the rest of the card was good. Pierre uh, Fialho was a great fight. Uh, Nurga Medoff, uh, Cody Stammen, you know, Cody Stammen, 47 seconds. Uh, Morales looked fantastic. You know, tough night for full-blown pay-per-view. It was tough. I'm curious what the numbers are. I don't think it did that great. Wasn't a ton of buzz around it. Yeah. Even though we're, you know, we're balls deep in it. I didn't, there wasn't a ton of buzz around it. I doubt it's out now, but let's see. This is from Boardroom TV, 200,000 buys. That's terrible. <laughs> if it's real. Yeah. It'd be weird how they would know how many right this. I know. Me. It's just too early. But, I, you know, I would say, hold on, check the complete list through a size. Previous sales of UC are assumed to be at 500,000. Mm. That's it and WWE. Oh, no. Oh, that's just saying the payout? Yeah, yeah. Oh. No, it's going to be more than 500,000. Yeah, I would say the pay-per-views does around three to 400, you know, where they, they make their nut off 300. If someone's hit the 300 mark, anything below that, um, they're not thrilled about. It, uh, it also doesn't help France's negotiation power with Tyson Fury or the UFC if it, if it did low. So you want to do a little better, but... You know, Sirogan's not a household name yet. You know, he's not an American. Um, his English is all right. Do you think they made that card pretty much just top, just basically co-main event and main event, and everything else is kind of like whatever? You think they made it that way? I like where your head's at. <laughs> yeah, I do, Chin. Hmm. Because if they would have stacked that card and it yeah. does great on pay-per-views, it really fucks up France's uh, negotiation power. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what they did, Chin. You're 100% correct. Wow. That's very disappointing. Good call, though. Thanks, dude. Let's take a little break from the chat chatter because, listen, man, there's a lot of things going on right now in life. Maybe it's politics. Maybe it's uh, the mandates in your city. Maybe it's your, your NFL team loss, whatever it is. Dude, you need good sleep and you have anxiety. But, listen, it's even worse if you have a bad mattress. If you're sleeping on a bad mattress or maybe you grew up sleeping on a bad mattress, whatever it is, man, you don't need that. You don't need that. My friends at Helix Sleep, they got you covered. It's what your thick friend sleeps on every single night. And I have them in all the rooms in my house. I can't get rid of my in-laws, my friends. Everybody wants to sleep on my Helix mattresses. I say, beat it, nerd. Get your own. All you got to do is go to Helix Sleep. They got a quick quiz. It takes two minutes. You complete. They match your body type with the perfect mattress for your thick ass. Not all mattresses are created equal. Not every mattress is made for your big body. This mattress at Helix Sleep, I promise you, will be the best mattress you're ever going to sleep on because it's made for you, man. All right? And listen, don't take my word for it. Helix Sleep was awarded the number one best overall mattress in 2019 and 2020 by GQ'd and Wired Magazine. All right? Um, I have them in my house. I sleep on them. I'm telling you, I've been using this several years, and I freaking love it. 
I don't have any back pains, none of that stuff. It's the best mattress I've ever slept on. Just go to helixsleep.com slash shab, S-C-H-A-U-B. Take their two-minute sleep quiz. They will match you with a customized mattress just for you that will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out 100 nights risk-free. If you don't love it, cool. They'll pick it up for you, uh, but it doesn't matter because you're going to love it. Guarantee it. Helix is offering you guys up to $200 off all mattress orders and free pillows for the listeners and viewers of the Shab Show, go to helixsleep.com slash Shab, S-C-H-A-U-B. That's helixsleep.com, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash Shab for up to $200 off. Man, there are only four teams left in the NFL playoffs. If you're not watching the playoffs, you're missing the best football I've ever seen. The Chiefs and Bills, you kidding me? The Rams and Tampa Bay was insane. And listen, there's four teams left, and you need to bet on them. You got to do it with DraftKings, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 56 right here in Los Angeles. Counting down, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. Take the Rams over the Niners. I think we're going to get over this hump, man. I really do. Uh, not a new customer? Cool. You can experience conference championship with the same game parlays. That's right. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. That's why I usually like to do is parlays. The best bang for your buck. It's kind of tricky, but if you do hit, you're making bank. DraftKings is safe, secure, reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want, man. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code SHAB, S-C-H-A-U-B, and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code SHAB, S-C-H-A-U-B, for just 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook Official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. $1 wager required. What else you got, dude? All right. So this prelim fighter, the early prelim, her name is Van- Vanessa Demopoulos, I think. She's the one that jumped in Rogan's yeah, arms? Yep. The one that jumped in Rogan's arms. Um, there she is right there. So she did a, a crazy comeback. She was getting destroyed and then finally landed an armbar, mm-hmm. which I don't think we can play the video. But So she used to be a stripper. So she quit stripping like a few weeks beforehand to focus 100% on MMA. And the interesting about that, interesting thing about that is her parents, they met in the same industry. Her dad was a DJ and her mom's a uh, This is fantastic. Exotic entertainer, that's what they said. But and they kind of like, it's a dancer, family thing. Dancer. Yeah, dancer. Mom was a dancer. Be cool, man. <laughs> and she's also, oh, let me just play this clip Well, she might quick. be my favorite fighter now. Carry on. Pretty cool. I don't think it's a secret. I was an exotic entertainer for 13 years. And um, I didn't actually say this on the mic, but I'd like to say it right now. I walked away from being a stripper to continue this camp. Um, I quit dancing about like six to eight weeks ago just so I could focus full time on MMA, take this extremely seriously and enjoy every single day. So, um, yeah, but that's that's where that background comes from. That's where those splits come from. And a lot of my jujitsu actually comes from my expertise as a pole dancer. Okay, well... So like, oh, she's great. Man, I don't have enough fingers and toes to tell you how awesome I feel times 100. Her energy is fantastic. Like, it's so dumb. Clearly it's good so, on the mic so after amazing. being a stripper talking to guys think- all fucking night. <laughs> and like she's going to have gift of the gab. For the most, unless, she, dude, in, you know, if you've ever been in a strip club, the baddest girl is usually the worst at talking because they don't have to do any talking. Mm-hmm. But she's, you know, she's not bad looking. She's not Halle Berry. Like, if, 
if you're kind of like that middle tier stripper, mm-hmm. your fucking gift of the gab better be good. You gotta talk these, you know, these these Joes into spending some dollars. So she's gonna be a marketing powerhouse, dude. She's also an author. Stripper Bible? Yep. Well, she's fantastic. Yeah, she's like a multi-talented girl. <laughs> Keep going down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she jumped in Rogan's arms. Yeah, which was cool. That's so cool. And she got the $50,000 bonus? I think she did. Let's see. She did. Yeah, she did. Wow, that's fantastic. Great comeback. That's so cool, man. How crazy is that? Family business. They're all in the same thing. Yeah. yeah. No, listen, that's fantastic. <laughs> what a great story. What a unique story, too. Definitely. And her energy is contagious. Mm-hmm. That's great, man. She keeps winning. You got something big time. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's go to this. This is interesting as well. Francis Gano will take half of his purse, so 300 grand, pretty much, in Bitcoin. I guess it's the first time they did it. Uh, it says, and give it to his fans? I don't think fans did it. I believe Bitcoin can empower people here, so I'm excited to partner with Cash App, take half my UFC 70 purse, Bitcoin. Also, it's more accessible to his fans. I want to make Bitcoin more accessible to my fans, so I'm giving out 300K in Bitcoin. Follow Cash App. Oh, okay, oh, so... I would imagine Cash App was a K. He signed a deal with them, and they said, and we'll give you an extra 300K to give out to your fans. There you go. That's what happened. Now, was it, it was, I think it was crypto just ate shit. Was it crypto? Let me see. Was it crypto? I know Netflix took a, like a huge dive. Um, no, it's Bitcoin. Oh, Bitcoin. Yeah, Bitcoin took a huge, huge uh, dip. Huge dip. Like basically, like because uh, OBJ uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Mm-hmm. wanted uh, to be pay- his salary in uh, Bitcoin, but you're assuming what it was being traded at when you wanted it, and now it's worth like half. And I think it's going even lower, but it's going to bounce back. But so if you don't have money, and you let's let's say I, I I have no idea how OBJ spends his money. I have no idea if he's great with money or not, but. Um, Let's say you weren't and you were living paycheck to paycheck and you were banking on, I don't know, let's say $10 million and then it cuts, it's down 40%. Yeah. So 40% of your salary now. So if you need to take that money out now, you're kind of fucked. Screwed, yeah. But if you're looking at like an investment, it's going to bounce back. You know, it's like a stock. It's going to bounce. It's going to bounce back. You'll be fine. Have you thought, or are you in the process of like investing in Yeah, I'm, I'm investing in crypto. Okay. Yeah. But it's a long, it's a long play. Like I don't look at any of this. I know it's down, all that stuff, and Bitcoin, all that. It's down. That's whatever. It, but it's a long play. My friend just bought a boat, and he's a young kid, and doesn't have a job yet. So I'm like, holy crap! I'm super interested in crypto now. Crypto? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know enough about it. There's people making tons of money off crypto. Tons of money. Yeah, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you wouldn't want to be living paycheck to paycheck and banking on crypto and Bitcoin, paying your money right now. No, paying your salary. Investment, dope. If you needed to fucking buy the kids meals on Friday, not Not good. All right, so this is uh, Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz and Dustin Poirier have been going back and forth for a while. They they both said they want the fight. Remember, they're scheduled to fight. A long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, and they wanted to go to 165 too. So this is Nate Diaz talking to you. So Nathan Diaz says, UFC, stop playing with me. Consider, (laughs) he said, that's him, that's W-I-T. So stop playing with me. Consider this my signature to fight this fucker. I've been trying to fight for a minute. Quit slowing down the real fight game. It's time. Agree, Nathan. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Poor said, the real fight game? I'm going to fight your ass. Yeah. And they post a poster of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so 
This is Dana White's. It says, of course, we're interested. This is what we do. We make fights every weekend. What happens is guys just want to jump out of nowhere and say, all right, I want to do this. I want to do that. We have fights booked up until, I want to say, May 2nd right now. Everything is in place. Everything is done. I've seen Nate Diaz will get fights. I say this all the time. I've this for 20 years. We're con- contracted to give guys fights three times a year. They've got to get fights. Nate will get a fight. Yeah, but we want what doesn't pour. Yay. <laughs> I bet it happens. Uh-huh. But yeah, you know, guys get frustrated when it's not at, on their timeline. But to Dana's def- defense, he's like, yeah, yeah, man, we can't just, all right, you guys want to fight next month? Like the, the card's booked. So if we put you guys on there in your main event, what do you do with that? We got to shuffle shit around. Let's just do this the proper way. And you guys will fight in, say, June. And we'll make that happen. Because yeah. we don't have June booked yet. But guys get so frustrated when it doesn't happen like this. And you also mentioned before that, you know, since it's his last fight, the UFC might want to have him fight Connor. Yeah. Right. So they're just trying to figure it out, trying to figure out where Connor's at. They're waiting. What they're doing is buying time with this. Yeah. All right. Uh, so Khabib, you know, his Eagle FC, that is just his promotion they started. He offered Jake to fight there, but then Jake had one little caveat to it. So this Damn, is what he says. And, and he typed in fucking Russian. Yeah. At Jake Paul, at Dana White, the doors of Eagle Fight Club always open for you and your team. And then Jake Paul says, deal, only if I fight you first. In MMA? Well, maybe it's like just in the Eagle FC, but then they'll do boxing, something like that. He better pray to the fucking YouTube gods that he didn't fight Khabib in MMA. <laughs> Khabib he's, wanted a boxing He's just before. doing it to fuck around. For sure. He but I mean, they're both talking to each other, yeah. which is cool. I bet they figure something out. That would be huge. Hilarious. And this is Dana White actually saying never say never if Jake Paul were to fight in the UFC. They was on that full send podcast, I believe. So I'll just play this for you real quick. Earn your respect. Well, it's not that he doesn't have my respect. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't even know the kid at the end of the day. I, I don't even know the kid. And you know what? To be honest with you, I'll tell you right here, right now, this is the last time you'll hear me talk about him. I'm, I'm done That's with it. it. I put out the challenge. He said, you know, you do coke. You know, I said, I think I'm not mad at Dana's kids. He never responded to it. So fire away, kid. Do your thing. I'm, you know, I'm sitting here. I'm I'm arguing with this kid that doesn't fight for me and is never going to fight for me. So what's what's the point in even he and I going back and forth with each other? What if he was to come into the UFC? What if he what? What if he came into MMA? Would you let him? Would I let him? Well, he can do whatever he wants to do. Like, what if he's like, I want to fight in the UFC? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I don't think that would ever happen, but listen, I never say never anymore, you know? That'd be pretty I didn't think crazy. Floyd Did and Connor would end up, or I would do, end up doing any of my guys versus Floyd, because that just makes absolutely no sense, but <laughs> it happened, so. I'm with him. Yeah, never say never. You never That's pretty cool. Know. Yeah. That's pretty cool that he's even saying that. How can he never say never yet CM Punk fight? <laughs> right now, Jake Paul is more qualified than Sam Punk. Huge. It would be freaking he's, huge. He's more qualified than Sam Oh, yeah, Punk. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but that would be insane. That'd be nuts. And The Rock, they made this announcement, I think, on ESPN, that he his shoe, Project Rock, is going to be the like the actual outfitter for the fighters up until they get into the cage. So they'll pre-show yeah, those doesn't make shoes. Remember, Reebok did, so mm-hmm. they need a shoe deal. God, you know what's so weird? Remember I was talking about conflict of interest? <laughs> God, who represents the WME? Mm. God, who owns the UFC? WME. Who did the shoe deal? WME. Dwayne, UFC? They own them both. Okay. Who else are you going to go with? 
I scratch my back, you scratch yours. <laughs> Do you have any opinions? I mean, both of you guys. I've seen the Under Armour shoes, just the rock ones. I don't know if I'm just like out of it, but they just look really not good to me. I like, well, I'm not wearing. I heard they're great. Though. I'm not wearing them with jeans, but as far as functional, yeah, like I heard the rock wor uh, workout shoes are dope. Are they engineered really, really well? They're really good, but they just the yeah, heel, the look. I see what great. I see what you're saying. They look dope though. No, no, they function dope, right? They function dope. I don't mind the look of the workout ones, the high top workout ones. Okay. I don't like the ones they're giving the UFC fighters, but the mid like high tops that they make for working out are sick. Okay. I tried to get them, they sold out. You know, way, you know way more about shoes than me, but yeah. I'm not going to wear them with jeans. <laughs> look like a fucking dork. Like I'm at a fucking GNC convention or some shit on the streets, you know? But in the in the gym, they're dope. He is so shredded right shredded here. Jack, yeah. So I'll play this little, this is them on ESPN. And then this last part I thought was very interesting. I can't wait. <laughs> Nothing better than actors talking UFC. I mean, it's, so this, you'll see what I'm saying. Give me one sec. Is, does he have to hold on before? He, is it him breaking down Francis Cyril? No, no, no. This is him talking about what his biggest patch or the, the biggest thing he wants to do for the XFL. Like who, who he cares about most. The, the thing that he cares about the most. Okay. And Dana White is on this call as well. This is going to be so awkward. He's going to say get them getting paid. Carry on. Uh, exciting play, innovative ruling, innovative gameplay, uh, exciting for the fans. But most importantly, as someone, this is the exact same way I feel about the UFC fighters. But most importantly with the XFL, my number one goal as owner, as an owner, uh, is to take care of the players and to create an opportunity for the players to live out their dreams, to take care of their families, pay their bills, play with pride, pay, play with passion, and, and play uh, proudly in the XFL. That's the goal. Dana's like this. And obviously Dana is already locked in for season two, right, Dana? <clears throat> yeah, so. I hope so. <laughs> Dana's like it's such an awkward moment, too. But also, when it comes to football, it's like, yeah, have you ever heard, like, they, they need to pay these guys more? I know. Like Patrick Mahomes fucking making f whatever, the biggest contract of all time. I'll tell you one thing I, people always say, these NFL players are paid way too less. They, they need to pay them more. Says no one ever. You know what but I'm saying? XFL, how, I'm sure they get paid less, but it's still. Oh, yeah. They're not. <laughs> okay. They're talking, still talking about XFL, XFL. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Dave was just sitting there like, God damn it, Rock. What if, what if what if Rock was the one that made the change? He's like, Dana, are you with me, man? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give these guys 50% of the total income. Will you do the same? Dana's all, we'll talk, man. Tied <laughs> for Fast and Furious 17 or whatever the fuck you're trying to do. Yeah, that was awkward. Yeah. I love it when they go to Dana's face. He's all. I just think he's like <laughs> almost pissed off. You heard this already, but Amanda Nunes left ATT to start her own, start team. own team. Yeah. Hmm. In her own gym. Linus has called home for the past seven years now. 33-year-old intends to start her own place alongside her partner, current UFC strawweight fighter Nina Nunez. For now, the new gym does not have a name or location yet. Um, interesting. So still in the same area, same state. Same state. My, the bigger question for uh, Amanda Nunez that I'd be curious about, although you're starting your own gym, which I'm sure ATT is fine with, are you working with the same team? Mm. That's what's important. You'd be training out of your fucking garage. But your same team, I'm on board. If you're going all new coaches, everything, something's going on. Mm. And we should be alarmed. And some people were thinking that it's because, you know, uh, Kayla Harrison, you know, she, since she's in yeah. the same gym, they might do whatever. But then apparently Kayla Harrison is like a, most, most likely going to stay with the PFL. Like that's the top decision right now. 
That's so a shame. It wouldn't be in the UFC anyways, if that's true. Mm-hmm. And this is what Shell Sennon said about uh, Jorge Masvidal. In all fairness, I've really got to show respect to Masvidal. This is Shell Sonnen talking about. Yeah, right? not me. Uh, in all fairness, I've really got to show respect to Masvidal because this is a career-ending fight. It's that big of a deal. There will be that much attention, that much much focus, and that much hatred going on into this battle with George, who's the second biggest strong combat right now. He's coming off two defeats. If he goes out there and he gets taken down, he gets mauled for 25 minutes, it's going to take a lot of luster off the shine. That's, that is the second biggest draw, the, the BMF, Jorge Masvidal. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal, and Jorge signed up anyway. Goddamn respect that. Man, I, I don't know if it's career ending for him. You know, if he gets people mauled, love yeah. George, and if Jorge, uh, oh, what he say? Responded back. I personally like Chael. A little bothered by that comment, but it's kind of like it just sets up the fucking mountain to be a lot higher. When I climb it, Chael's like, "I can't believe you climbed that mountain." I'm going to be like, "I told you, bitch." I get it, man. Two white boys. It's <laughs> exactly where I was going to go with this. Well, come on, Jorge. You know why he's riding with his boy Colby. I get it, man. Two white boys from Oregon. They both have that sleazeball style, like cutting edge at the time. I thought Chael did it in a more classy way. Agree. But he still said things that didn't need to be said, like bring up Anna Silva's wife. So those type of guys got to stick together. But I like him, though, because Chael's the type of guy that will go back and apologize. So when I fucking murder Colby, he has to be like, holy shit, this guy deserves a title fight, blah, blah, blah. He's right. And then he starts here again. Chael had to be shit-talking because he didn't have any exciting style for a long time. He was just wrestling guys to death. So he had to do that extra talking and get himself over like that. That influenced guys like Kobe. That's all he does, 100%. I don't take whatever Chael or Colby says yeah. serious. Chael's just silly. I enjoy it. It's entertainment. None of it would be personal. Mm-hmm. Chael came out. I talked to, you know, Chael had the whole shit with the police guy. I reached out. To, me and Chael are friends, friend, actual friends. Mm-hmm. Chael could go on and show him, like, I hate Chubb and this, this, this. Get the views from it. None of that bothers me. Anything he says about me, I don't see. None of it bothers me. Fans are like, oh, you hear what Chael said? Nah, it's for the, it's for, he's doing it for the gram. <laughs> Doing for the gram. Mm-hmm. That's funny. All right. Um, now it's official. Glover Teixeira and Yuri Prohashka. Yuri got the fight. Yeah, UFC 274. I mean, you know, uh, Glover Teixeira, you know, such a great story being at his age and coming back and being the light heavyweight champ, and we're all rooting for him. And, you know, I thought he was going to get it done against Jan. Told you. But, um Unless he can get Yuri down, man, it's going to be a tough night for him. Not the best matchup for him. Jan, great matchup for Glover. Yuri, nightmare. I know. Unless he can get those takedowns, wear him out, impose in, 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 in his, you know, his grappling game on him and really wear him out. But, man, early on, it's gonna be, he's going to get lit up. He's going to get lit up. And he's going to eat some big shots. And if he can get a hold of him, it's once hits the mat, Glover all day. But on the feet? Tough night for Glover. Yuri's a monster. Yeah. All the experience of Glover and Yuri's that crazy wild dude. Yeah. Be. You can't train for him. Yeah. Another cool fight. Alexander Volkov and Tom Aspinall, who's been killing it. Tom Aspinall. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the fast track for Tom. And he, he said, listen, I don't want to fight for the title. I'm, like, I want to work my way up. Well, uh, Bubba, for Tom, you knock out Volkov, you're, it, it's off yep. to the races, pal. Mm-hmm. Volkov is a fucking monster. You knock him out on March 19th, the day after my birthday. <laughs> you knock him out, and then we're looking at, you know, top four. Off to the races for Tom. Yeah, and that's where, remember you posted about it. 
they opened up London. Yeah. How great is that, man? Yeah. Fuck yeah. London, Ireland, fully open, no mandates. A yes. Tour. Hmm? Yes. Dude, it was enormous how many people came out. So I know. Amazing. We haven't been there in what, six years? Yeah, maybe. Five, five? Five ish, yeah. Dude, go back now. Hell yeah, dude. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'd be down for that. All right. Uh, Dan Hooker. His official first fight at 145 will be God Arnold damn, Allen. Tough fucking fight for yeah. him. His first fight at 45, you give him Arnold Allen? Mm-hmm. Allen's a fucking beast. Yeah. So it's Dan Hooker, though. I love Dan Hooker. Yep, so there you and go. And that's on that London card? Yeah. And is it, it's a fight night? I don't, I'm guessing it's I not going to be. fight night, right? You see London's right. a fight yep, night. it's a fight night. So you're going to have Dan Hooker, Arnold Allen, which is mm-hmm. fucking fire. Volkov, Aspinall is your main event. Also, five rounds for our boy Aspie there. Yeah, jumping way to the top real quick. Rooting for Tom, man. Uh, your boy, Neil Magny. For the longest time, we thought he might be matched up with Hamzat, but now he's matched up with Max Griffin. What the fuck are they going to do with uh, Hamzat then? So, going to that, let's see here. Hamzat called out Gilbert Burns, who's what, like number two or three right now? Mm-hmm. And Gilbert Burns did reply as well. Well, first, I'll show you what Hamzat said to Gilbert. This Hamzat up mm-hmm. top there? Yep. Everybody talking about me, but nobody wants to fight me because we kill everybody. Fair. <laughs> For me, it doesn't matter. Gilbert Burns talked about Brazil. I'm more Brazilian than him because my coach is Brazilian. I'm a blue belt under Allen. I know many times my coach smashed Burns too on the mats. Jesus. And then he Hamzat says, we're going to choke him out. Uh, a Finfu blue belt against a black belt. I like this guy. Actually, he's funny. Nice guy. Gilbert's the nicest guy. I want to fight with him, but in war, brother, I can't be nice with somebody. I want to eat everybody. Take my money. Take my belt. I'm so hungry. When I talk about fighters, I'm hungry. He's. So I, I do not fun. see Gilbert Burns beating him. Nowadays, and, man. And, and, oh, yeah. and just again, it's off to the races. You're number 11 now. You beat number two. There's only one way to go up. It's the winner of fucking uh, uh, Kobe Covington and fucking... Jorge. Jorge, you're going to get the winner of that. And then what? But I think he's ready. Out of anybody, he's ready for it. That we, can't, we can't feed him any, anybody fucking 10 through 5. He, it's just demolishing he, he literally destroys people. Yeah. We got to. This makes sense. He's proved it already. He deserves to be on top. Damn, so, look, Gilbert's all about make it happen, Danway. I'm all in five rounds in Brazil. I think they should do it. Yeesh. I don't like that fight for Gilbert at all in any facet. Hamzat's a fucking maniac. I know. I believe in him now. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, also, Hamzat joined Tiger Mutai along with Peter Yan and Rafael Fazid. Jesus Christ. So he, he's in Thailand. He's in Thailand. Yeah, stand up? Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Off to the races. Yeah. Uh. We talked about Roy Nelson. We didn't know what he was up to lately, but I guess he's talking to Scott Coker and Bellator and possibly even that triad combat place. Oh, that'd be cool for Roy. Yeah. And he wants to fight Fedor. That's, his, that's the reason he wants to do Bellator. Like, I would love him. that for Roy. Roy versus Fedor, I'm mm-hmm. all about. Yeah. Mm. We could get Roy on Food Truck. Yeah, it's been a while. See, It'd be cool to see what he's up to right now. Wouldn't it be fun to have him on Food Truck and then have him on Classic Fight Companion? Because there's And then watch me versus Oh, him. dude, that'd be sick. <laughs> and you could everything going through your mind, his mind. Yeah, I'll tell him, yeah. Hell that'd yeah. be dope, dude. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm going to reach out to him. There you go. Uh, we talked about this already. 
Oh, so remember Brendan Ward from Bellator's a while back? He was there. He was like, uh, he was doing pretty well. What about I'll him? show you this picture here just in case. You... He bodied up. He bodied up. Good looking dude. Yep. Um, yeah, that's the guy. He was doing really well, and then he just kind of disappeared. He got caught up in the drugs. I think since 2017, he got really bad. All of his friends, the people around him died. So finally. We're talking fentanyl, meth. We're talking fentanyl, about that kind Jesus of stuff. Christ. It's always like the opiate stuff. And man. he was into the opiates? Yeah. Okay. He got hardcore into it. There's like a huge story on him. But uh, now he's re- returning to uh, Bellator. Oh, good for him. I'm assuming he's clean. Yeah, yeah. That's the toughest fight you're going to fight, my man. That's yeah. great. So, yeah. That's quick. Rooting one. for him. This one's crazy. Do you remember Macau Falco? I don't. Falcao? I'll show you. This guy. He was in the UFC for a while. He's also in Bellator. Okay. Uh, so the crazy thing about this guy, there was... he. But, but test that guy. Yeah, for sure. Um, so he he was involved in some sort of street fight a long time ago. This was like maybe eight years ago or something. It says eight years ago. So he got... I'll just show you this video first. This Holy is in shit, Brazil. We got a video of him getting yeah. knocked out? This is like, yeah. And this is the reason why he was kicked out of the UFC or Bellator. <sighs> So that's him. Right there. Yeah. He's, trying to He's wearing his own shirt. Yep. That's fine. What's he saying to those ladies? He was trying to flirt and then. Oh, he hit him? Yeah, he, he swiped at her. And then people from the outside saw it. Oh, shit. Yeah. And you oh, can tell shit. he's drunk, right? Oh, he's hammered because yeah. he's not fighting at all. So his homeboy is also a fighter. So it goes outside and boom, his homeboy gets hit in the head with the pipe. He got hit in the head with the pipe too? Yeah. Well, he got, dro- he got dropped. Boom, that's else. him there? I think so, yeah. Holy fuck. Oh, no, I think, oh. I think that's his homeboy. That guy's. Oh my God. Yeah, he got jacked. Oh, they're trying to kill him. So he got and knocked out. They both got knocked yeah, out. Yeah. And then they keep kicking him in the head. Yeah, but he wasn't as damaged as the other Jesus. guy. The other guy got really jacked up. But So he had like this downward spiral. Right, he's getting in street fights, yeah, getting drunk, yeah. and then he's finally stabbed. He, he got another he, street fight. He was killed. Yeah, he died recently. That I was think this ago. was going this direction. Yeah. Chin, it was crazy. He fucking died. Yeah, holy fuck, man, that's terrible. Yeah, God, he was twenty six and three. Wow, yeah, he was actually see he beat uh, Gerald Harris. That's terrible, man. Yeah, stabbed. I mean, incidents that occurred around 3 a.m. Jesus Christ. That's terrible. Yep. What's this, Jen? So Terrence Crawford is suing Bob Arum for, it says here, nearly $10 million, and he's alleging revolting racial bias. He's saying that, I'll actually show you this right here. So the lawsuit alleges Arum engaged in revolting racial bias that prevented Crawford from booking big fights, according to the New York Post. And then this is what he says here. This is Crawford. Mm-hmm. For years, prof- professional boxers and others in sports would have called out top ranks owner Bob Aaron for his disparate, disparate treatment. treatment of black boxers, including those very same black boxers that top rank is contractually obligated to promote. And then, hold on. This is Bob Aaron. says, it's absurd. My whole career, I may have made mistakes, but one thing I cannot be accused of being racist. I've promoted scores of top black boxers. 
We've promoted a number of pay-per-view fights for Terrence, all of which have lost money, a lot of money than to claim we purposely and deliberately lost money because we're a racist. It's nonsense. It's part of what is wrong with our culture. Agree. I'm flabbergasted if we believes I didn't if he believes I didn't do a good job. Crawford can plead the it, that in his suit, but don't call a man racist when uh, it's really because your own failures. Yeah, I I don't know the the numbers of the tax brass of all this, but you know I think for Crawford, you know we've had him on food truck. Skill wise, yeah, man, one of the top guys out there. But as far as markability, generating numbers, yeah, yeah, it's tough. So for Bob Arum, you can't force anything. Mm. So you can, tr- you know, he can win the fights and all that stuff. Um, I think <clears throat> I don't know if I would, I don't know if I would, sh- you know, sue for being racist. I would sue for not giving him the fights that that we want to see. That's boxing. It's mm. not a racist thing, you know. Um, the issue with boxing is we don't get the fights we want to see. That's why boxing's dying, unless you're a heavyweight boxer. So, um, or unless you're a YouTuber, boxing's dying. Yeah, Showtime would edit that out. But they can't now. <laughs> um, so I, I think you know, I, I think you know, I think Crawford has looks in the look in the mirror a little bit here. You know, and I, I don't. It's more of a marketing play for Bob Arum here. It's, <clears throat> it's not. I don't think it's because he's racist towards black fighters. Uh, Floyd Mayweather, uh, who also worked with Aaron, made similar comments after ending his relationship with Bob Aram. Mayweather claimed Aram was biased against black fighters. In 2009, interview with Fight Hype, Mayweather also said he earned less when working with Aram and that Mayweather's profits increased significantly uh, once he left. The same year, Aram claimed Mayweather was not an entertaining fighter. Aram claimed Mayweather was soft and that he shoots up cars away from the ring. Shoots up cars away from the ring. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Uh, I, I, I can be racist and be a fucking involved with sports is insane. He's, he seems like a, just a weird money-hungry guy. Old That's guy, yeah, sleazy yeah. promoter. Yeah. No, no promoter makes you feel good. <laughs> uh, I don't know if we'll actually cover this, but I'll just show you this anyways. I thought this was weird because, okay, so UFC, t- they do these like pre-shows and they do like fun activities like eating contests and everything else. Where do they do it on their YouTube? Uh, yeah. ESPN YouTube channel okay. or UFC. Right. But then, so this one was a skateboarding competition. And is that Laura Sanko? That's Laura Sanko. Dime piece. Super dime yeah. back there. And then also Daniel Cormier, uh, this host as well. And, and Dean Thomas. Okay. So love all three of them involved. I'm just tripping out because they're all athletes, right? But I guess skateboarding is completely different, but so they're going to do this little skateboard race. Skateboarding's fucking tough, man. But I mean, just this. It's just tough to balance. Well, you should. Oh, uh, Dean's I mean, Dean smart. Don't even balance. Just make the turn, Dean. See, DC, don't even balance. Just keep pushing it. Oh shit! He fell athletically though. Holy fuck! This thing's a shit show. I'll tell you right now, it's entertaining though. I'm with it. Oh my god! Is Sanko good at it? I'd say they're almost all equal. Uh, I'd say Sanko's probably the best. You'll see here. Uh, you're not allowed to touch it or something. I don't know. 
America, I'm into it. I don't know. Is that who's the white guy? He's that other, the host of the show. Uh, I don't know who's his name, but he's the host of the show. I mean, yeah. the way in show. Yeah, I it's was, just I. I was kind of into it. I know it's cool. No, I'm saying it's cool. Yeah. I, I just thought that they'd be able to at least write, like at least write it a little bit. Do you see DC? Uh, he was a goalie, I think, against the Anaheim Ducks. You see that? Uh-huh. I think he posted it or UFC posted. It. He was the good, and I mean, they fucking went easy on him, but they definitely that'd be a scary fucking gig. He wasn't terrible, but you can tell like those guys are so athletic, man. Here we are. And they're they're being cool to him too. Yeah, that's like like light. Like imagine a full fucking hockey. <laughs> 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 so I get overconfident. <laughs> oh, they're trying to fight. Yeah, underhook and hockey. So when you take this here, underhook right, there, and you start to punch, don't yeah. go head high. Hit him right up on the elbow here, and then the right hand over the top. Try that. Try that a little bit. So here, body shot first, boom, and then over the top, boom. And let me tell you something. That's the one. Don't waste your time. It's pretty dope, huh? Love DC. You just can't <laughs> can't skate. Yeah, why? Well, I mean, skating's fucking tough. I know, it's tough. Is that it, dude? Yeah, so we do have a couple of fights. Nothing big. Um, let's go here. So Eagle FC 44 is supposed to take place January 28th. This is in Florida? Yeah, at 6 p.m. Eastern. And the headlining one is Tyron Spong versus Sergey Karatanov. And then your boy Rashad Evans against that Gabriel Checo. And then Ray Borg is actually going to be on this card Damn, as well. Damn, that's cool. Yeah, Cody Gibson. Damn. I'm so interested to see how the production of this thing is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be dope. And that's on Friday or Saturday, he said? I believe that's Saturday. Where can you watch it? Is it on Fight Pass? Um, it's the, they're supposed to be on Fight Pass. Interesting. Let's see. Let me actually look it up real quick. EagleFC.com, then. That's where you watch it? Mm-hmm. EagleFC.com. It's kind of cool, though. Yeah, I mean... I recognizable fight, names. Uh, I mean, why wouldn't Fight Pass just take? I mean, they were supposed, they were in talks about doing that too. So I'm not oh, sure what's why. happening there. Maybe it is available on Fight Pass as well. I'll watch it for sure. Spun Kirtanov is yeah. great. That's dope. There you go. Good and then them. there's a real quick BKFC one. I think this is on Friday. No, 20th. So that I think. Let me look at the 20th real quick. All right. So Eagle FC is the 28th, which is Friday, and then BKFC is the 29th, which is Saturday. And then this one, the only name I recognize right here was Alan Belcher, but the new jacked, crazy Alan jacked Belcher. Jacked yeah. City Belcher. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yep. But that's about it. All right. Slow cool. weekend. Yeah. Maybe they just don't want to k- compete with the NFL playoffs. I don't know. Hmm. Because playoffs are popping. Yesterday's games were so fucking good. The Rams, baby. Hopefully they get over the fucking Niners next week. And I'm rooting for Cincy over KC. 
Cincy uh, Rams Super Bowl be fantastic. All right, kids, that's it. Hopefully you enjoyed it. We have a uh, classic Calabas fight companion dropping on Wednesday this week. If you haven't checked out the food truck diary with Sugar Sean O'Malley, that's available right now on Thick Boy YouTube. Audio is also available. Um, the current Calabas fight campaign for UFC 270 is available on Thick Boy YouTube and audio, all audio platforms. And if you want all that ad free, go to thickboy.supercast.com. Subscribe right now. You can also get Find the Kid ad free as well on there in the second tier. And uh, Hollywood Improv, I will see you this Wednesday. There are not many tickets left. It will be Shab and Friends. I have some. Monster friends coming to slang them jokes this Wednesday at the Hollywood Improv, January 26th. Atlanta just got announced, so Atlanta, these tickets will go fast. It's not a giant room. Atlanta, Georgia, February 3rd through the 5th. Sacramento is February 24th through 26th. This Saturday is the Thick Mutter at 10 a.m. in Lake Elsinore. It's Orange County. Your boy's going to be there. I would say right now my leg is a four out of 10, but I'm doing everything uh, in reach to get this leg so I can at least run that race, that uh, 15K race on Saturday. I'm going to run it. I don't know how fast. I don't know if I'll make it through all of it, but I will be there and I will run it. 10 a.m. can sign up. There are 10 spots left to run the Thick Mudder this Saturday. Uh, you can go to Tough Butter. Uh, it's all over my Instagram. You'll see it there as well. But that's this Saturday at 10 a.m. You can do it. Come do it with me. I'm doing it with one fucking leg. Listen, if Francis beats Cyril Gone on one knee, I can run the Tough Mutter on one hamstring, all right? Um, yeah, and we'll have this special uh, Thick Mutter merch. You see me rock it now. It says Thick Mutter on the back. It's a collab we did with Built. Those will be on sale only in person at the Tough Mutter starting at 9 a.m. in uh, Lake Elsinore. Uh, once you get there, we'll have somebody set the shop up, the Thick Boy Tough Mutter uh, shop up. So uh, we'll see you Saturday, 10 a.m. Hopefully your boy makes it through it. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, our YouTube channel, and uh, everything we're doing, man. I appreciate you guys. I think we just passed 115,000 subscribers on YouTube. So that bad boy's, uh, this was the vision, man. So we're rolling. Make sure you like, subscribe. Uh, whatever you got to do, man. But uh, Georgia, you're up. February 3rd through the 5th, Atlanta, ATL. Put down them hot wings and uh, whatever else you got going on. Bring your thick asses out to Atlanta, February 3rd through the 5th. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. I'm out.